Today's episode is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn has smart banks of practice questions for a wide variety of high-stakes examinations. Are you a med student? They have smart banks for step one and two. Are you a resident in the field of internal medicine, emergency medicine, or anesthesiology? They have you covered with smart banks for the exams you will encounter along your journey. But this is not only for physicians. PAs and MPs can prepare for their exams using TrueLearn as well. They can even help nurses prepare for the NCLEX. Click the link in the show notes for a discount by using the code EDDIEJOMP. D25. Crush your upcoming exams by using TrueLearn. Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 6th of January of 2024, and we'll be discussing an article titled Palliative Care in Intensive Care, published in Intensive Care Medicine Journal. And as always, this is not medical advice on how to treat your critically ill patients. Please read these data for yourself. Hat tip to the authors. And a quick plug. I have recently published the vasopressor and inotrope handbook. People are loving it, which is flattering to me because when you publish a book, you don't know how it's going to be received. So you could definitely check out your copy at amazon.com or you could download one off of my website where I'll sign it and personalize it for you. Now, let's go ahead and get started. By the way, if you hear a baby in the background, that's because I have my newborn who is less than one month old currently next to me. It's 5.46 a.m. and I've taken her away from the bedroom because I want my wife to get some sleep. So I don't give too much personal information, but if you hear a baby in the background, that's why. Let me try to edit it out moving forward. I'll be the first to say that I love my palliative care team that I get to work with every single day at the hospital. But in the past two decades, palliative care in the ICU has evolved significantly. And this is all taken from the journal, by the way. Initially, Palliative care was often synonymous with end-of-life care originating from hospice care. However, it's now recognized as a multidimensional approach aimed at improving the quality of life for patients and their families dealing with the life-threatening illnesses for which, at the end of the day, they're hanging out with us in the ICU for. And so then this encompasses early identification and management of their physical, psychological, social, as well as spiritual issues. And it's said per these data that around 14 to 20% of ICU patients could benefit from palliative care consultations. And you got to consider, especially those who are aging and have complex comorbidities. I mean, when you start seeing the underlying malignancies coupled with chronic illnesses that on their own will be life-threatening to the patients, it's, it's very important to get the palliative care team on board so they can help out. There are numerous findings in this article, which I think are quite beneficial for ourselves as well as the, the hospital system in the cases that a palliative care team does not exist. But one of the first things that they talk about is how integrating palliative care in the ICU can prevent overtreatment of patients, which is something that unfortunately takes place a little bit too often. It could also improve the quality of life for critically ill patients and from a cost perspective, even shorten ICU stays without impacting mortality rates. It also improves family satisfaction and reduces stress, which altogether fosters better communication and shared decision-making. One of the stigmas of sorts that exists with palliative care is that it tends to be end-of-life care. Now, I will say that in my practice, uh, I often have to run out of the ICU to go see patients out on the floor who have underlying comorbidities, might just need ICU or might just be skipping away from ICU this particular time. But I know in a long enough timeline, they're going to end up 
in the care of my team, uh, I guess the care of my team's hands. And getting the palliative care team on these patients could avoid us doing things to patients that won't help them out in the long run. I know that we've all, we've all had that sentiment, those of us who work in the ICU, that at times, at times we do things to patients as opposed to do things for patients. Now, these, these different things that palliative care could offer these patients in, in, include, for example, symptom control, and they could also start the whole dialogue of sorts between the patient and their family since, you know, they're not in the ICU, they're not intubated, so they can participate in their own decision-making. They also provide education as well as advanced care planning. So all this, all this helps to reduce unnecessary pain and suffering to the patient as well as uh, a possible omission for something that the patient at the end of the day doesn't want. We've all taken care of patients who, had they been able to make the decision themselves, they wouldn't have wanted all the aggressive care that we provide in the intensive care unit. But since the family didn't quite know what the patient wanted or didn't want, we ended up, for lack of a better term, uh, doing interventions that the patient otherwise would not have wanted. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, there are different ways for integrating palliative care teams per this article, which include a, a consult type of thing. I've, I know of institutions that have mandatory palliative care consults for patients in the intensive care unit, but all that depends on the resources of the hospital, the culture, as well as the availability, I guess, for lack of a better term, of the intensive care team. One of, uh, like a personal tidbit, is that when I was doing my residency, when I knew that I was going to go into critical care once I had gotten accepted to fellowship, I did pursue a palliative care and hospice rotation, even though it didn't quite exist. And that was very, very instrumental because I was able to see what hospice looked like in the, in the outpatient setting. Now, first of all, I'm not going to say that palliative care and hospice are synonymous because it's absolutely not. But it is... It is part of it in the sense of the conversations, the way the conversations take place and things like that could have some overlap. But more training for, for residents and fellows who choose to go into critical care would be, would be beneficial because it could help uh, frame conversations differently in a way that could connect with different family members and such. So what does this do for clinical practice? Well, this article talks about early integration because, after all, there's so many benefits towards palliative care that it's imperative for us in the ICU to integrate the palliative care team early in the course of treatment, especially in cases where the appropriateness of ICU admission is in question. We don't want to do it, you know, just to help the patient withdraw because that's kind of throwing a huge burden, even though I'm guilty of having done it in the past, but it throws a huge burden on the palliative care team. The other thing is that there should be a multi-professional approach to this where, where we meet every day with palliative care. I have the blessing of being able to talk to the APPs who work with palliative care every day. 
they update me via the secure messaging system as to what took place in the conversations with the family members. And um, it just it just flows very, very well. Now, as I mentioned before, there is a need for more education and training here, which include primarily the, not primarily, but importantly, medical professionals such as myself, but this includes students, intensivists, and there's also nurses who have a passion for this, um, which is which is beautiful. I know that my wife, who's a who's a critical care nurse, she really really loves doing palliative care work, and um, that was something she was considering moving to at some point. It might just happen in the future. But one of the other things that this that's discussed in the article is the terminology of palliative care, like the actual words palliative care, because there's a negative perception in the community towards it. I know that on many occasions when I introduce the families to the term palliative care, they're like, oh, is this hospice? And then I have to explain what palliative care is and say, hey, by the way, this is not quite a hospice. This is a different team who's going to help you and your loved one with, with the process of the chronic illness and maximizing life to the fullest of sorts. So to wrap this up, because as I mentioned, I have a sleeping baby in my hands now. This article underscores the evolving role of palliative care in the ICU. It's no longer about managing the end of life, but it's part of the comprehensive patient care that we provide to patients in the ICU. There are challenges, of course, like how to integrate the patient, how to integrate the team, excuse me, what's the training, what, how to change the perception to ensure that patients in the ICU receive the appropriate care, the best care that we could possibly provide. And this is crucial not just for improving patient outcomes, but also for enhancing the satisfaction and well-being of the patients, their families, as well as the teams in the ICU. Because, you know, we do get we do get burned out from time to time, and we do have a lot of emotional trauma. And sometimes spending not spending, but spreading that trauma around to some degree is helpful for the teams. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I gotta figure out how I how I do all this because. So many projects, not 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 as much time. But you know, overall, I'm very very grateful for the for the support that you all have provided me and continue to do so. If you want a copy of this article, check it out in the show notes down below. Bye.